0: I'll marry you.
1: Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma. Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. In theaters and streaming only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Welcome back Bayside. Streaming only on Peacock. Can't wait to start junior year. Saved by the Bell is back. (laughs) Taking school spirit, our rivals just destroyed our mascot. We're gonna crush Valley to the max. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it.
0: That's why we have all these reboots of teen shows from the 90s. Get a new idea, Hollywood.
1: Saved by the bell, new season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock. Snips on the phone and grabs like a shell phone or something like that. He's like, he's like, uh, what's up, baby? He's like, no, no, not baby, that Bonnie. He's like, oh, what's up, play? He's like, no, no, no. It's not playa. it's playa. Because, like, it's by the sea. So, I had to explain to my wife that playa is sea in Spanish, like the ocean.
0: It's still really to be damaged. It, damn it. <laughs> everybody welcome to this week's edition of the still real test show episode number 576 for february 25th 2021 this is your wwe elimination chamber recap and review edition of SRTU. i t u i'm one after the show i am jeff peck joined every single week by co-host the one only dr trey franklin dr trey happy 11th anniversary of doing this show my friend
1: Oh, my God, 11 years. How many face turns did Big Show have during our run so far? Because God knows uh, it's been a lot.
0: It's got to be, be, what, like 22, 23?
1: Yeah, and do we, count, do we count the whole jumping ship thing as a heel turn?
0: Depending on how you look at it. I mean, somebody yeah. did tweet me uh, or tweet the show account, I should say, when, when we saw the news, which we will discuss on this very podcast. We just wrote, this is surprising. Wow. Somebody wrote, this feels like a setup. I don't know
1: or or because the big show show got canceled on Netflix and now they have the go big show on TBS. Now we maybe get the the go show go show.
0: So wait a minute. So two things here. Uh, We're going to get to Elimination Chamber, but um, I did not know the big show show got did get canceled.
1: Yeah. One season got canceled.
0: Okay, because I was wondering. I was like, I wonder how this affects them.
1: Yeah, not a bad family show. My family, I, I actually, that was when I actually sat sit down with my wife and my, and my kids. And yeah, it was actually not a bad show. Now, was it the best acted show? No, but it wasn't bad for the family.
0: I did see um, on his Twitter feed, Twitter account, his cover page still is promoting the Big Show show. So uh, I guess I'll have to change that soon. Or it was it uh, as of uh, yesterday? It still was. And then Go Big Show, which is not – the entire thing is not an original joke. It's probably been said 13 million times prior to me even signing with AEW. uh, The Go Big Show on on, – is it on – it's on TBS or – no, TNT? I don't even know. Uh,
1: I think it's on TBS.
0: Okay. Uh, There was probably a million jokes, right, that like WWE cease and desist, uh, the Big Show cease and desist. uh, But – now, I mean, here we go. I guess they could pull that stuff where you know when Cody couldn't use his last name, they would say Cody and Brandy Rhodes. They could say uh, big fan of the Go Big Show, Paul
1: White. Yeah, there you go. I don't understand this. I feel like like because I don't if you remember saying Valentine's Day Massacre. Do you remember what his original nickname was? The Great White. Uh, they also they also during that match called him the Big Nasty. He, and he they,
0: you're right. Yeah, there was multiple. T- yeah, go ahead.
1: And then they got a season desist uh from the Detroit Pistons I believe because they had drafted Corliss Williamson and he had trademarked the nickname the Big Nasty.
0: See there was uh, there was a lot of if you go back to those early incarnations of uh Big Show on Raw. I I was on before WWE network had like all this millions of of Hours of content. Um, I would watch those old Raw episodes like through 98, 99 uh, in a row, like as it would be like if you're binge watching like The Office or something. And I remember that. I I do remember now The Big Nasty. They were going with The Great White at one point. Uh, They were calling him Paul White. It wasn't for a while. It was a while before they started referring to him as The Big Show. Like I want to say like three or four weeks in his WWE run. It did not happen originally. It wasn't originally set as the big show. It was almost like how long it took WWE to give Omos uh, a name.
1: <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, apparently they have problems naming tall guys. So it's just like, wait, you're big. Uh, you're on a show. Big show. That works. Wait, you're na- you're from, you're not from this country. Oh, uh, what was it? What was, it? What was it like Joseph Osamos, I can't it's his. It
0: was him. his real name. It was like Jordan, yeah. and then his real last name is how they originally introduced him, and then he was just the associate yeah. for a while.
1: I, I really think that they should just go back. And my favorite uh, Nigerian uh, football player, Donald Igwe Bweke, used to be the kicker for the Buccaneers back in the 80s. I'm like, just name somebody that. that it's, it's got a nice flow to it. Igwe Bweke.
0: So. Uh, real quick before we jump into chamber, we'll obviously talk about Paul White going to AEW here later uh, on in the show. Um, Omos, uh, if do you watch Raw Talk at all, Doctor Trey?
1: Uh, occasionally I do. Yes,
0: it's it's not as musty as I feel like Talking Smack is. I think that Talking Smack actually furthers along long storylines and is really good with Paul Heyman. Um, but Raw Talk, our truth goes out of his way to see if he could get people to break. And you could just tell, he does it with Shayna Baszler all the time, he does it with AJ Styles, and now he's doing it with Almos, who, on Raw, is supposed to be like this towering, like, they're really building him up rather well right now, uh, very slow burn. But you could see that R-Truth is trying to get him to laugh during each one of those Raw Talk segments when he comes on. And and the guy does, like, smile and, and break his uh, stern-looking face character.
1: I think I caught him one time calling him Almost.
0: Yeah, Almost, he does <laughs> Yeah, he
1: does. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah the Truth is one of those guys that he's who, who, just so funny. That that's one of my fun things in wrestling. Is if you know when I am playing the heel manager, I always try to make a funny line during the match to try to make the babyface laugh when he's trying to make his comeback or look all serious and stern. I always try to make him laugh, and I feel like Truth does the same thing. Just because it, it's just one of those things that like, let's see how good you really are. Let me test you real quick. Because I know I can make you laugh.
0: So. He, he does it all the time with MVP and Bobby Lashley. Um, it, it's and you could. I mean, there's times where they just kind of give up, and it's yeah. it's it is it is funny. I, I do always enjoy watching uh, WWE stars were in that element where it's not as. Uh, that's what made talking smack originally so damn good. and they were even still further along storylines uh, back in the Renee Young Daniel Bryan era. Is that they were just having fun. And that's what you like to see, and it's very natural, and uh, it, it, there are points of raw talk that, that you could go out of your way and check out those moments that are certainly uh, stuff to see. But always whenever in wrestling, when you know that somebody's trying to get someone to break, it's good stuff. And, and there was actually one of those moments, perfect segue here into our WWE Elimination Chamber uh, recap and review, now is when uh, Randy Orton was entering the Elimination Chamber on Sunday, Kofi Kingston... While on hot mic, was a hundred and ten percent trying to get Randy Orton to crack by talking about his quads. Oh, it was beautiful. I and, and, I, I don't know if they knew that though that there was I, they had to have known there was going to be a hot mic. But I mean, you could just totally tell he was gonna, trying to get Randy Orton to crack.
1: Well, they should be kind of used to it now because with the arena being empty, there's not a lot of background noise in that, and we've had that talk since the pandemic era started, going all the way back to the first you know, empty arena shows. And then all the way through now through the Thunderdome, but you can hear like it, like early on, you could hear them calling spots in the ring. It was that they was so, you know, quiet in the building. So these guys should know by now that, Hey, even if you're trying to be quiet, the mics on the cameras can still pick stuff up. And, you know, they've talked about Randy's quads on the new day podcast several times. And so when I heard Co- Kofi going after him, I was like, Oh my God, this is brilliant. Like I'm just, dying laughing and you know my lovely wife's like what's so funny I'm like do you not hear him talking about how great randy's quads look and how he's must have been doing squats before the match because the, they look phenomenal like all that stuff like it, it was just so funny and i and orton just trying not to break the entire time you can tell you you see him fighting back laughter as he got into the ring it was great
0: so i i don't i really should because i do love the stuff that i See and hear from them when when I do tune into it. What what's the background on that joke with the uh, the new day podcast?
1: No, it's just always been like you know they they go back to it started off talking about like the whole JBL if you could build a sports entertainment from the ground up, it'd be Randy Orton and one I can't remember if it was Xavier or Kofi brought the fact that you know Randy's got some of the biggest quads in wrestling, and it just became kind of a running joke on the show. You know they'll talk about different people's features or like that, and they'll tell like, "Yeah, but nobody's got Randy's quads." Those quads, those quads are, you know, just delicious, <laughs> and will just do random stuff they say about it. So, you know, and it's not all the time thing; it's just like a random throwaway line. You know, every you know six or eight episodes or something like that. But then to see it actually come out, you know, during the Elimination Chamber, it was just one of those things. Where it's like, man, it's like that stuff goes on so much in wrestling that people don't really know about, like. Just digging at guys during the matches, just like trying to get the other guy to break character and laugh for a moment. And you and I have talked about like just different times we've seen that happen where a guy has to like literally turn his face away from the camera to actually have a decent laugh. You know, it's just one of those like just organic moments in wrestling that kind of happen. I've, I've had to do it, um, I had to do it not too long ago during a wrestler's retirement speech because a lady in the crowd started booing him. And he just went off on her, started ripping her apart. And here I am, the good guy. And I just like I had to turn my face away from the hard cam, just to cover up the laughter. So it's it's a very very fun little part of wrestling that a lot of fans don't even really know about.
0: Yeah, it's it's some good stuff. It it makes it makes it fun. It makes it fun when sometimes you can kind of just uh, escape that way. We all know what's going on in wrestling. It is time. It is fun when you can see them busting each other's chops like that. Like literally busting each other's chops. Uh, let's get into elimination chamber recap review first match here we did not predict it it was on the pre-show ricochet john morrison mustafa ali and elias fatal four-way match winner getting a spot in the united states championship triple threat match as uh keith lee was out with injury john morrison won this match uh i thought the match was fine featuring 400 utilized stars in my opinion morrison capitalizes on ali being distracted by retribution taking out ricochet by pinning Ali for the win. So it looks like there's some issues there with uh, Mustafa Ali and Retribution that carried itself over on the Raw on Monday. Uh fine opener to the pre show here, Dr. Troy.
1: Yeah, this was kind of what when, once they announced Smash, I was like, this is probably what we're gonna get. You know, a little surprised maybe uh, Morrison getting the victory. Thought they might have gone with the you know, one of the baby faces just to kind of set up, you know, whatever they had plans in store for Riddle and Lee against Lashley, but um, you know, Judging how the night went, it's it's probably a good way to kind of prop up John Morrison a little bit, uh, kind of give him a little bit of credibility. So I thought it was uh, it was well it was a well done match, but exactly like you thought it would go as far as entertainment. Uh,
0: next match here was the Elimination Chamber match for a WWE Universal Championship match later that night against Roman Reigns, Jay Uso, Kevin Owens, King Corbin, Sami Zayn, Cesaro, and Daniel Bryan. Uh, I predicted Cesaro. Doctor Trey predicted Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan didn't get the victory. In the Elimination Chamber match, you had King Corbin eliminated first, Sami Zayn second, Kevin Owens third, Cesaro fourth, and Jay Uso eliminated fifth. Uh, I didn't really feel this elim- Elimination Chamber match, despite being a big fan of most of the particip- participants. Uh, I didn't like the stipulation that the winner would face Reigns in a one-on-one match, despite it fitting Reigns' current character either. The stipulation really took away from really caring about this match, because you didn't really believe that Reigns would ultimately lose So why not just have Reigns enter last and win the match that way? Um, Dr. Trey, what were your thoughts on this Elimination Chamber match with Daniel Bryan getting the victory?
1: To me, it was very average. Um, You know, had some good moments. I think Cesaro actually kind of came out looking the best. Like, he actually looked dominant at times, showing off his speed, agility, power, all the things that we love about Cesaro. Um, You know, even though I picked Daniel Bryan, I kind of thought it was maybe a wasted win, Given how the deck, you know, the follow-up match went, because it's like this is somebody that you know, most of the universe has been kind of wanting to see ascend back up to the top of the card, um, and he gets the big win, and then it kind of gets wasted following up there. But overall, I just thought it was a very average elimination chamber, like nothing to write home about. At the end of the day, like you don't nothing happened where I went, oh my god, I got to see this again. It was just very, very mediocre.
0: Uh, next match here was Roman Reigns defend the Universal Championship against Daniel Bryan. We both had Roman Reigns, no matter who the opponent would be. Roman Reigns didn't get the victory. Uh, At one point, we thought it would be Reigns versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania and not in a less than one minute and 35 second match at Elimination Chamber to set up Roman Reigns versus Edge at WrestleMania 37. So basically the first hour of the show, the Elimination Chamber match, the Reigns-Bryan match was to just set up Edge versus Reigns at WrestleMania 37. While that is the right direction, that I, I would want to see them go with both Edge and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. We've talked about this at nauseum since Royal Rumble. I did not like this first hour of the show. Left a very bad taste in my mouth, Dr. Trey, that I watched a 45-minute elimination chamber match, really for no reason other than to set up the WrestleMania match that happened six weeks from now between Edge and Roman Reigns. Now, what are your thoughts on this entire uh, setup here and match Roman Reigns defeating Daniel Bryan?
1: This is actually one of the reasons why I don't like the match based pay-per-views like Hell in a Cell because you almost feel like you have to do like multiple chamber matches because you're investing all the money to have it in here. It's like really there weren't enough storylines going around to really justify, you know, two chamber matches. I mean the tag team division's kind of shot, the women's division's kind of in flux, you know, the SmackDown men's division's been kind of all over the place. You know, I guess the raw one made sense for the most part, but at the end of the day, it was kind of like you're like you said, like, I just wasted 45 minutes to get to Edge and uh, Roman, which we could have done in five minutes. So we could have, you know, found a challenger for Big E, found a challenger for Oscar, but no, 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 we're going to do 45 minutes of this uh, just to kind of blow off Daniel Bryan's big win to get to Edge and Roman Reigns.
0: I mean, Daniel Bryan needed a big win, uh, Cesaro needed a big win, but the way that this was booked. Uh was very strange. I thought Kevin Owens went out in a whimper after being very close to defeating Roman Reigns the last couple of pay per reviews. Uh the door, you know, slammed up against his arm, the super kick from Jey Uso that was strange. I thought the way that Cesaro went out with all of his momentum recently was was very strange. Same thing with Daniel Bryan as as well. I, I just feel like there was a better way to do this, Dr. Trey. Like I get it. I know why they did it. It was like a you know, the the heelish chicken shit move to have Roman Reigns face the winner of a very grueling match, come right out immediately after that match and get the quick and easy one, two, three to retain the championship. But Roman Reigns doesn't need to do that. He's not Sami Zayn. That fits Sami Zayn to AT, that type of, of booking. You could have had Reigns just enter last Jey Uso could have gotten eliminated, but Uso never leaves the ring and just beats up Cesaro and Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens. And that's the way that Roman Reigns retains or, you know, there were so many different ways to do this. I just felt like it was uh, it was just a waste of the first hour. It was it was it was not good. It was probably one of the most frustrating and and poorly booked things I've seen from WWE in the last uh, last couple of months. Be honest.
1: Yeah, and honestly, uh, once Sammy Zayn was eliminated, like the entertainment in the match went out and it just kinda felt bland. Like all the stuff he was doing, all the stuff he's talk you know, we were talking about Kofi earlier, like Sammy talking during a match is one of my favorite things True. to hear. He was great during the pandemic era, and when he leaves the match, you know, like his 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 verbal sparring with Kevin Owens, you know, the back and forth, like that stuff's great. But then once he leaves and you're down to Jay Cesaro and Dana Bryan, which Dana Bryan great promo talker, but maybe not a great shit talker. Uh, for lack of a better term, like, it just kind of fell flat. Like, all the people, it was like, all right, this is fine, but it just felt blah. and, like I said earlier, like, mediocre at best.
0: Uh, next match here was the triple threat match for the WWE United States Championship. Bobby Lashley uh, defending against Shawn Morrison and Riddle. Dr. Trey and I both had Bobby Lashley figuring that Keith Lee would not be available for the match, and Matt Riddle became the new United States Championship champion. Uh, I thought it was a good triple threat match. I wonder if, uh, obviously, Lashley dropping the championship was for something bigger come WrestleMania season. Lots to talk about with Bobby Lashley here. Uh, but if that's the plan, which it appears is is the case, this makes sense, Dr. Trey. This is the easiest way to get the title off of uh, Bobby Lashley, which is something that we, foresee, uh, we foresaw happening. Triple threat match. He doesn't get pinned. He loses the title, but still looks strong and dominant. Matt Riddle's the new champ. Uh, I liked it. I liked what they did here.
1: Yeah, I I liked how they converged on the storylines, And, you know, especially with what happened on Monday night, like it all made a lot of sense. Um, And it's also good for, you know, in a lot of ways it's good for the rest of the Raw division because now you don't have like an omnipotent presence like Lashley holding, you know, your secondary title. Now you have a guy who is much more believable to win or lose in Matt Riddle holding it. So you can cycle that title around and kind of build up a little bit of credibility if make it on a hot streak. Because Lashley really should have been in the world title picture, you know, all along. Like, this just kind of felt like a placeholder. But, I mean, he held the belt for 145 days, which was like the longest run in six years, which kind of shows you how that belt bounces around a lot. Uh, so it makes sense to put on riddle. It makes sense to kind of move forward with that division for the mid-card and move Bobby up to.
0: Next match here was for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler uh, defending against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. We did not predict this match as it was announced, I believe, on Friday. SmackDown. Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler got the victory here and retained the championship. Uh, match was fine. Reginald causes Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair to lose the match when he attempts to give Sasha a bottle of wine to use in the match, and Sasha refuses. Nia Jax drops a Simone drop on Sasha for the win. Uh... I don't know. I just this entire pay per view basically was like planting seeds for the next, you know, for WrestleMania season. Doctor Trey, which is just strange to do on a pay per view, but I totally get it. Uh, Really, no in depth thoughts here outside of that. To be honest with you, Uh,
1: in depth thoughts. I don't like Nia's leg drop.
0: (laughs) Okay, yeah, true.
1: She gets like a four inch vertical leap on that thing. Um, So. Uh, but it, yeah, I just, I don't get it. I mean, I get the whole, they're mixing Reginald into the mix, I guess, in, in a sense, but I, nothing about it felt, you know, good. It just felt like he's you like, know, like, it's basically like, Hey, we, we got these four women and setting up for WrestleMania season. Like the match itself was okay. Uh, but it just, there was no tension in there. Like this is something they just kind of threw together in the last minute. So there's no real storyline other than Sasha, Bianca, and apparently Reginald, uh, who's actually getting more TV time than Carmella right now, which is kind of sad. But, yeah, it was just uh, one of those... It was just filler, for the sake of filler, to maybe advance a WrestleMania storyline that didn't even really get advanced on the show because they, at the end of the match, it was Bianca and Sasha both yelling at Reginald. They weren't yelling at each other. They're yelling at the poor small yay So I really don't get the point of that match.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. That's, that's All I could think of this is that the theme of this pay per view was like planting seeds. Uh, we saw that in the first hours, planting seeds for WrestleMania. You wasted like six other people to do that. Um, this match, I, I think, what they're they're going to be doing something with Reginald for WrestleMania. I dig the I dig the character. I think he's very talented in, in what he's been doing in the ring so far, and and seems to be really taking a moment that probably wasn't ever thought to be as as big as it potentially could be and uh doing really well with it so props to him for taking advantage of this opportunity we'll have to see where things go moving forward but i just didn't see them dropping the championship uh on sunday because they have the match with dakota kai and raquel gonzalez on nxt and they they spent days prior setting up that match uh then finally here elimination chamber match for the wwe championship drew McIntyre, aj styles jeff hardy randor and sheamus and kofi kingston dr trey and i both had drew McIntyre, and drew McIntyre got the victory Uh, Randy Orton was eliminated first, Kofi Kingston second, Jeff Hardy third, Sheamus fourth, uh, and then AJ Styles fifth. Sheamus hit McIntyre with a bro kick, but it was spoiled by a phenomenal forearm from Styles to eliminate McIntyre, excuse me, to eliminate Sheamus. Uh, McIntyre catches Styles with a mid-air Claymore kick for the win, and then Lashley comes out, attacks McIntyre post-match so that Miz could cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase, as we saw leading into this match, MVP talking to The Miz. Which then took us to Drew McIntyre defending the WWE Championship against The Miz. We obviously did not predict that match. The Miz won and became new WWE Champion. Uh, He takes advantage of Bobby Lashley's beatdown of Drew McIntyre, becomes the new champ. And uh, for those keeping track at home, we had a WWE Championship match one-on-one that went about 30 seconds. And a Universal Championship match that went about a minute and 30 seconds. So uh, a little over two minutes at a pay-per-view. Two one-on-one world title matches went less than about two minutes and 15 seconds uh which has to be a trivia answer at some point in some sort of wrestling trivia contest uh (laughs) dr trey your thoughts on elimination chamber match your thoughts on the Miz becoming new wwe champion take it away my friend
1: yeah i mean i like this chamber match better than the first one um storytelling wise that was all well and good um I was a little surprised that it came down to Drew and AJ, because I mean, you saw the tension with Sheamus. By the way, that that shot of Sheamus with his face away from the ring, with his hands on the plexiglass—just, I mean, that to me is great visual storytelling. So I, I thought it should have come down to Sheamus and Drew because that's the way the storyline's been going. But you know, it's fine. AJ's phenomenal, as we all well know. And then you know, almost ripping the uh, plexiglass off so AJ can get out early. Take advantage of the situation. I thought that was fantastic. Like I thought it was a, I thought it was a good chamber match. Not you know not great, but just I thought it was above average. Uh, but then you get into the last stuff with with Lashley jumping Drew McIntyre and then the Miz cashing in. I thought that was great. Uh, other than I think this is the first pay per view in six that I didn't pick the Miz to cash in, and this is what he did. So it's kind of that's a little frustrating. But you know, getting the Miz even if he's just a transitional champion on top or All the hard work he's put in over the last three or four years When you and I have sat here and said the guy should be the champion uh, To see it finally pay off And then the storytelling on Monday I thought was great So um, it closed out what was probably a really average to below average show On a high note at least
0: Yeah, this show overall, we'll get to it now Um, Predictions record, I went 2-2, Dr. Trey went 3-1 I'm 17-6 on the year, Dr. Trey 15-8 Uh, Match of the night, I had the uh, Drew McIntyre, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Randor, and Sheamus, Kofi Kingston Elimination Chamber match. The event rating, I gave 3.2 out of 5. I I did not feel uh, great about the show. I think this is one of the more blast shows that they've had probably since, God, Dr. Trey. I don't know if I would say Hell in a Cell in October of last year. Maybe the Extreme Rules. I think that was that July show. Uh, I felt like they've been doing really well since Reigns came back. Maybe I wasn't a big fan of Hell in a Cell in October. The Extreme Rules in July was blah. Uh, this this show was definitely like basically like a buffer setting up for the future. Uh, nothing really poignant outside of Miz finally cashing in and becoming a two-time champion. But I gave it a 3.2, and I gave it to the uh, Raw Elimination Chamber match. What say you?
1: I gave it a 2.9. I thought it was below average. Um my match of the night was Miz cashing in and, and Biddy McIntyre. So I guess technically that's a match. So that, But that's more just out of, you know, being a fan of the Miz and, you know, the whole you deserve it type of thing. That, that just kind of made my night a little more bearable after realizing I wasted like two and a half hours on a meh pay-per-view. But, you know, by the way, two and a half minutes in two title matches and Goldberg and Lesnar not involved.
0: Even deep, more in depth, more layers to this uh, these trivia questions that you never thought you'd see coming in the in the lovely world of WWE. So there okay. you go. Feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast on Twitter. Your thoughts on the Elimination Chamber pay per view. Uh, care things over here, Doctor Trey. We we've been talking about this here and there over the last couple weeks, especially myself. Um, What's been cool about this is that you've seen momentum, you've also seen it on SmackDown with, with Cesaro, uh, but this momentum isn't fan-generated, it's, it's, uh, it's creative-generated, and I think as a viewer at home, I'm, I'm getting behind it, and uh, I've enjoyed it, the way that this person has been booked since they lost to Drew McIntyre um, about the midway point of last year, and that's Bobby Lashley. I feel like Bobby Lashley is on the rise and now is the time. He is poised right now for a WWE Championship match against The Miz this Monday on Raw. We'll see if we have a new champion uh, next time we meet here on Thursday of next week for the show. I have a feeling we don't. I think this carries itself over to Fastlane. But I said, hey, why not Bobby Lashley as Drew McIntyre's opponent for WrestleMania 37 in a championship match? And it seems like right now WWE's listening, and it seems like he may be actually entering WrestleMania as a WWE Champion. Uh, your thoughts here, Bobby Lashley on the rise and, and I feel like it's time. Do you, do you agree with that assessment?
1: Yeah, it does. It has one of these weird organic heel builds where like, I, I see on Twitter and I see on Facebook people who are like, Lashley should be on top. Like Lashley has just been on a roll and, and physically he's, you know, one of the most gifted athletes in WWE history. You know, you look at all the championships he's held and all the different promotions like the guys do. Um, I mean, he's never I mean, for a guy who looks the way he looks like typically this is the guy that, you know, Vince puts the rocket ship to early on. And and, in a sense, he did when he first debuted because he became ECW champion, got featured in the hair versus hair match with with Trump and McMahon, you know, left the company. But coming back, you know, sometimes, you know, Vince, you have to kind of earn your spot back and earn your stripes back uh, when you leave and come back. Uh, And I think Lashley's done. He's done a phenomenal job having MVP with him. Is has been a godsend because he doesn't have to do all the talking, um, and MVP's light years ahead of Leo Rush <laughs> during that run that Lashley had with him. Uh, but I, I'm all for it. like I, I love where they're going with this. If they, I don't I'm not as sold on Lashley versus Drew at Mania as everybody else is. Uh, I still think they can pivot and go a different way. But if that's the route they go, it, it's going to be great because those guys had a fantastic match over the summer. Uh, Has kind of been forgotten about based on, you know, the pandemic era and everything else Drew's done since then.
0: Yeah, real quick. So I was taking a look back at some of our pay-per-view predictions. Um, We had predicted, we say it, excuse me, our predictions. We graded Extreme Rules uh, in the two. So it was Extreme Rules that was, uh, was crap. The match that Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre had, do you remember which one it was? Was it Money in the Bank? Or was it backlash, Doctor Trey?
1: I think it was backlash. I think you're right. I think it was backlash because I'm pretty because I because I would have remembered it with Money in the Bank with running all over Titan Towers would have you know I think that one kind of overshadowed everything else. But I still think backlash was McIntyre and Lashley. The it code. was
0: backlash, and they had a 13 minute and 13 minutes and 15 second match. That was the match, the the pay-per-view that was headlined by Randy Orton and Edge. That was a great match, as Dr. Trey pointed out. Uh, So, yeah, we did not feel WWE Chamber. It was the first time it's been rated. A WWE pay-per-view has been rated this low since uh, WWE Extreme Rules from over the summer. So that goes to show you how much we felt. But, uh, yeah, the Drew McIntyre-Bobby Lashley match, I remember vividly talking about that, saying, I would love to see these guys go at it again. And you're more, more of an Impact wrestling fan than I am. The, these guys, correct me if I'm wrong here. They did have a feud in Impact wrestling, correct?
1: Yeah, they feuded over the uh, was it TNA Grand Championship at one point, which was the which was the title belt that actually had like judges at, at ringside scoring the match yeah, at yeah, times yeah, yeah. too. Yep. So I mean, they had a good little feud in Impact. It's just once again, it's one of those things where it's kind of funny where you look at where Impact wrestling or we look at where AEW is and where WWE is and both shows are headlined by a bunch of former impact stars.
0: That's true. That is very true right now. Uh, how do you think this thing plays out? Do you think Bobby Lashley wins on Monday? Does something happen? Drew McIntyre, maybe he returns on Monday, cost Bobby Lashley the match. We get a triple threat match at Fastlane between Miz and Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre. Uh, does, does Lashley walk out of that pay-per-view as champion and head into WrestleMania for Drew to have the big comeback in Tampa? To win the title back, like, how, how do you foresee this happening over the next six weeks? Because, you know, we'll talk about where The Miz is probably headed towards towards WrestleMania right now, which is being rumored, and I can't see it changing based off of the way that things have been happening on television, but, but it is WWE, and things can always change. Like, how do you think this all plays out right now for Bobby Lashley in the next six weeks?
1: So, I, I tend to think that next Monday, Braun will get involved, um, and, either, and probably cost Lashley the match some way, somehow, because... To me, that was kind of like a weird blow-off to Braun from this past Monday. Like, it didn't... You're like, man, this guy's a monster. And although Lashley is as well, it just didn't feel, like, correct. Like, it just felt weird. Like, the whole booking of Braun in that match just seemed weird and off. Um, But I I could see Braun getting involved Monday night to cost Lashley the championship. Um, Then post-match, Drew makes his return, takes out the Miz. Uh, and then maybe heading into Fastlane, you get a fatal four-way with those four guys, Braun, Bobby, Miz, and, and Drew. Um, and then you get Drew and Lashley at WrestleMania. Um, I would think Lashley would probably go in as champion, uh, so maybe Drew can get that big response with you know twenty thousand people in the in the building. Um, but to me, like just the way that whole thing came off Monday night, I just felt like ooh, there's a big angle coming with Braun as well. Uh, and it's probably gonna be Braun and Shane at WrestleMania, which is a match I didn't. I don't think I want to see, but I also know what a great fan of Shane McMahon matches that Jeff Peck is. So I mean, I'll leave that to you. I mean, yeah, you McMahon, go right ahead.
0: Yeah, let's let's get into it here. So uh, there's some rumored WrestleMania 37 matches. WrestleVotes votes on Twitter reported on Twitter. The following matches are being planned for WrestleMania 37 currently: uh, Roman Reigns versus Edge for the WWE Universal Championship, which is now confirmed. Randy Orton versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, which obviously we could see would be happening. Sasha Banks defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. And Bad Bunny and Damian Priest, this is Dr. Trey's match that he most want to see. Taking on John Morrison and The Miz. Uh, I have two thoughts to that, which is one that you just mentioned, Dr. Trey, but from the onset there, from WrestleVotes, uh, your thoughts on the four matches right there that are being we- reported.
1: I mean, it makes sense. That's that's how it looks like the show is progressing right now. Um, I mean, Bad Bunny does throw a pretty mean slap, Jeff. So uh, you know, Miz. I mean, the Hollywood guy, the music guy, getting Damian Priest a little bit of rub as well. It, it's it's good, but I mean, really, I I just hate it for the Miz on some levels because I I kind of want to see him have another WrestleMania title match.
0: Yeah, I I just don't I don't believe him as being champion, even right now, right? I mean, it just just doesn't work. Like, I loved Miz when he was Intercontinental Champion and he was doing that stuff with Daniel Bryan and and the Talking Smack. Like, that was the time that we were saying, like, this is when he should be champion. And then they reverted back to 2010 Miz over the last couple of months and the past year. And I just... He's not believable as a world champion right now.
1: No, you're right. Because, I mean, the other thing is, like, he's lost so many, so much over the past, I mean, going back to last WrestleMania, you know, Miz and Morrison losing the tag belts to the New Day in in weird circumstances, and then, you know, the getting drafted to Raw, I mean, he's just, they've just never had a hot streak. You know, he got the one win over Otis to get the Money in the Bank briefcase, and I think that was maybe one of his last wins up until Elimination Chamber, so, like, if that was the plan all along, they did a shoddy job of, of building this out, because to me, Miz is the kind of guy that you can you can build a stable around, have the henchmen in front of him, and, and get a lot of heat. And Or he can be the guy like we talked about you know, from a couple years ago on Talking Smack and be just that arrogant, cocky jerk that everybody loves to hate. And, and instead, we're getting like Jobber Miz to be world champion. It's kind of weird.
0: Yeah, it's not fun. It's not fun right now. So those are the four rumored matches from WrestleVotes. And then the two that I want to add here, Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. And Dr. Trey, you just mentioned it, Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman, which brings our tally here to probably six matches right now that we kind of can foresee happening at WrestleMania. Uh, we've talked here about McIntyre, Lashley, Shane O'Mac, Braun Strowman is being teased right now. The Giant Killer, Shane McMahon. I guess his big show left for AEW. This is <laughs> this is the next best thing. So I I don't know, man. Does that? Does that look like a strong WrestleMania card right now to you? Uh,
1: it's it's okay. It's not the worst. I mean, right now this is this is uncharted waters for WWE to have a WrestleMania so far with no Taker, no Lesnar, and no Cena. I mean, this is breaking all new ground for them. I mean, rumors are Cena may or may not, you know, whatever. But we we pretty much know Taker's not going to be there. Lesnar's probably not going to be there. So. They're just trying to string it all together. I mean, there's some matches like, you know, Edge and Roman, obviously, I want to see. Uh, you know, I, I would love to see Cesaro and, and Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. You know, uh, Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens against the Usos. If, if, you know, things progress that way, I'd love to see. But there's some other stuff that, you know, Bad Bunny on the show, like, I'm happy for the guy and then he gets a lot of publicity, but. I, I really don't want to see Miz and Morrison job out to bad bunny. It's just, that's just the nature of the beast, I guess.
0: What, what are your, I mean, but you're a big bad bunny fan. I mean, is it, like, are you torn right
1: now? Uh, if we get, can we get bad bunny and bow wow and just have a rap battle? I don't know. Um, like I like the, the right thing is I like the guy and I love the fact that this guy is one of the biggest wrestling fans. Like he loves wrestling. Um, but it just like I hate it when they get on these big stages like this because it just doesn't do really anything for the fans uh, of pro wrestling other than it's getting more mainstream media attention, which I guess is good for the business. But as a fan, like like he's going to dive off the top rope and, and that's it. Like I mean, I don't see him actually having a com- you know competitiveness. Is, it's basically a handicap match with a manager at ringside.
0: I, I have no idea who who he is and before this. Had you ever heard of him prior to... Only
1: from the uh, Snoop Dogg Corona commercials. He's in a Snoop Dogg Corona commercial? Yeah, like, there's one. He's like, he picks it, like, snoops on the phone and grabs, it, like, his shell phone or something like that, and he's like, he's like, uh, what's up, baby? He's like, no, no, not baby. Bad Bonnie. And he's like, oh, what's up, play? He's like, no, no, no. It's not playa. It's playa. Because, like, he's by the sea, so... I had to explain to my wife that Playa is sea in Spanish, like the ocean. So that's the only thing I knew him from. And then you know, I have friends of mine that I work with that are in their 19, you know, nineteen, twenty years old, and into hip hop. And they're like, "No, he's like one of the biggest rap stars in the world right now." And I'm like, "Yeah, never heard of him. But yeah, I, hey.
0: I have no clue, no clue at all." And I enjoy hip hop. No idea. Yeah. So that just tells you how old I'm getting. Uh, let's get to the next thing here. WWE announces the largest recruiting class in its history at the Performance Center. This comes to us from Wrestling Inc. WWE announced on Wednesday that the largest class of recruits in company history have reported to the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida to begin training under their WWE NXT contracts. This class includes the most female recruits of any class with 10. There are eight male recruits for a total of 18. This class includes Rick Steiner's son Bronson, Rex Steiner, who looks exactly like a Steiner without a doubt, spitting image. Uh, college football standout, Parker Boudreaux, who is being compared to Brock Lesnar, former Impact Knockouts champion, Taya Valkyrie, NXT's LA Knight, the former Eli Drake, AQA, Anthony Henry, Harlem Bravado, NXT Zoe Stark, Christian Casanova, NXT's Gigi Dolan, Drew Casper, NXT's Cora Jade, Blake Christian, who was just on Impact Wrestling for a little bit, uh, Matrick Belton, Cameron Brené, Dr- Joe Arroy avery teller and carissa rivera so some big names headline this list taya valkyrie la knight uh you've got some up and comers like uh, aqa harlem bravado blake christian uh and then you've got some people that could have potential standout and have no background at all dr trey other than for one of them their bloodline bronson Rockchester, rick steiner's son and parker boudreaux uh big names here Dr. Trey, Uh, it's also worth noting that Ceree was not announced for this class. Ceree reportedly signed with WWE about a year ago, Japanese star, and has remained in Japan due to the COVID-19 pandemic. PW Insider did report that she had just arrived in the United States. There's no word on why she wasn't announced, but it could have something to do with Ceree needing quarantine after the flight from Japan. So uh names here uh, some standout names some folks that we know dr trey who and are you most excited to see in a wwe ring here soon
1: uh Taya valkyrie uh just because obvious tie into john morrison and see where they go with that if she stays in nxt or they kind of move her up to the main roster sooner than later i mean one of the most accomplished you know female wrestlers in the world uh looking forward to that um you know, the, the Bronson Reichsteiner uh, signing is is kind of funny to me because he has the potential, Jeff, to be only the second person to ever be on a WWE game and also in Madden because he's actually in Madden football for uh, this past season as well. Uh, so that's going to be kind of interesting. But there's a lot of talent on this one. Anthony Henry is a phenomenal wrestler. I've watched him for years, uh, all the way through Evolve. Um, the was I don't know what her WWE name, but the former Priscilla Kelly uh, met her here in Alabama. She worked one of the shows down here. Uh, Darby Allen's uh, ex girlfriend actually uh, does. She's done some weird stuff on the Independence. That's just going to see how far they let her go with stuff. Uh, AQA is also out of Alabama. Uh, Blake uh, Blake Christiansen uh, out of Tennessee. So there's a lot of southern flavor in this recru- recruiting class too, which I'm really excited about.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, potential there. It's an exciting class for WWE, a lot of good signings. Uh, Wish them all the best there now as they begin their WWE careers uh, moving forward. Uh, One career that I never thought would end, Dr. Trey, in WWE was the big show, Paul White. It was announced on Wednesday that the big show is no longer with WWE. Uh, AEW announced that Paul White has joined the company, signing a long-term contract. White will serve as a commentator for AEW's newest show on YouTube, AEW Dark Elevation. Elevation will air on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, complimenting the weekly AEW shows that air on eight, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. East. Elevation will showcase aW's established and rising talent, as well as some top indie talents. Uh, PW Insider reported that White and WWE failed to agree on terms for a new contract last month, just days after he appeared on the Raw Legends 9 episode on January 4th. It was noted that while at Raw on January 4th, White was very open about his unhappiness with the contract situation. It appears the departure was finalized between WWE and White last week. His show was officially moved to the WWE alumni roster on last Friday, February 19th. 22 years with WWE the big show had. Uh, Not only a long time, but also makes you feel old, because Dr. Troy pointed out when he did debut, I remember his time in WCW as the Giant, obviously. He just seemed like a lifer. He never seemed like he was going to leave WWE, would always be there forever and ever and ever was Team WWE all the way. And here he is now, not only working in AW as a commentator, but they did mention on last night's Dynamite, he does have a wrestling license for AW as well. Uh, this was a shocking, shocking move, Dr. Trey. I, I don't think it's anything where I love Big Show, love everything that he's contributed to the wrestling business. I don't think this is one that like immediately changes the shift from, from WWE to AEW, with all due respect. But this was something that uh, definitely caught me off guard and and was very surprising to see. I think this was probably the most surprising former WWE signing to AEW that I've seen so far.
1: Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, But on a lot of levels, for a guy like, like Big Show, it makes sense. Like, I mean, he's looking to get more involved in television and doing movies and things like that, you know, Tony Khan and, and, and Cody obviously have great ties with TNT and TBS right now. Um, and it keeps him involved in the, in the wrestling business. Uh, so it's, it's a good move for those guys involved in that. Uh, to me, I, I, I don't know about you. I thought it was kind of funny seeing a lot of the younger AEW fans like super hyping this up. And I'm like, you know, you guys were the same ones who were yelling for big should retire two years ago. Um, I just think on a, on a it's kind of like the same thing I, I thought about like when Arn and Tully signed with AEW just on a different level of the fact that he's a, he's a great mentor super great guy uh, can help their big guys learn how to wrestle more like big guys and, and maybe not like you know oversized luchadors <clears throat> so I think it's great and plus he's very charismatic he, he'll be great on elevation uh, and you know by the way you know not that Shaq's not wrestling next Wednesday night, and there was always the rumored Big Show mm. Shaquille O'Neal match as well, so nice little tie-in for that as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is uh, that is definitely interesting as, uh, as the spider sense is going. Uh, the thing here, Dr. Trey, too, uh, even though he did wrestle at WrestleMania per se, after he went exactly. off the air and, and faced Drew McIntyre, um, it just felt like it feels like a lot of these guys, like Sting and Big Show, Paul White now, are they're going to AEW because WWE won't even medically clear them or even use them. And those guys that WWE do want to keep that is on the shelf, uh, Edge, Christian, Daniel Bryan, that we all felt like that once their WWE deals were up, they would just pop up in AEW and wrestle. It's, uh, it's playing with an interesting game here. Uh, Big Show had... Had hip surgery. We all know the stuff with Sting. I, I don't know what's medically changed where some of these guys are, are completely done with Christian, Edge, Sting, Daniel Bryan. They all had to retire at some time. I remember Big Show was basically saying that his, his in-ring days were were numbered after the uh, the hip surgery. Uh, but I guess if you're threatening to go to your competitor, WWE may keep you or they may let you walk. It seems like it's a very dangerous game that not only the wrestlers but some of these promotions are playing with these guys' health right now.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, going back to to last Wednesday when you saw Sting taking a power bomb, you know, you sit there for the a and you're like, "Whoa, did, did I just see that? Like, is that okay? Is he is he is he going to survive?" It was kind of like the same feeling we got when we first saw Daniel Bryan back in the ring taking bumps. You know, you're just like holding your breath to see if he's going to be okay. Um but this this is kind of what it was back in the heydays of, of the Monday Night Wars when guys would leverage the other company uh, when it came to contract time, and you know sometimes you kind of uh, play a little Russian roulette with you know each other and just try to see who's going to blink first. It's like a game of chicken, uh, I think this in this case WWE's kind of looks at certain of these guys and go, okay, well if they go to impact if they go to AW, how much of an impact are they really going to make? How much is Paul White going to AEW going to move the needle. How much is FTR going to AEW move that needle? Like they they kind of leverage their bets, and I think that's why certain guys they keep around, and other guys are like, well, you know, Sting's sixty years old. <laughs> you know, he, he's not Sting from thirty year or twenty years ago. You know, Paul White, like we mentioned, had hip surgery. He's not Big Show from twenty years ago. You know, where guys like Edge and Christian and Daniel Bryan still have some years left you know on their mileage i think some of these other guys that they're kind of letting walk away they kind of know that it's the bill belichick rule let him go you know a little bit too early then a little bit too late i guess
0: it's uh it's a strange thing i I never thought i would see big show leave wwe i always just felt like he was a lifer and now he'll be arriving in aew this upcoming wednesday uh during their dynamite Crossroads show so Big move there for AEW. Uh, definitely a big loss for WWE as well because I thought this is a guy that you kind of keep in that that family for for a long time. So uh, some big news this week, all pun intended, in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, with that said, let's close up shop on this week's edition of the show, Doctor Trey. Let's get a couple of plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebrowshow.com. Russell Chatnet on Twitter and the So Real to Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate review and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey and of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week
1: Well like Jeff said, you can follow me on uh, Twitter at the Dr. Trey. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, be sure to check out Rocket City Championship Wrestling as Rocket City Wrestling Con 4 coming up uh, May 15th, already announced so far from the show. Uh, Gangrel returns to Rocket City. Super Crazy returns to Rocket City. And C.W. Anderson of uh, the uh, good old ECW days uh, will actually be in action challenging for the Southern Heavyweight Championship. So Wrestling Con 4 coming up if you're going to be in the area. Hit them up on Facebook, get tickets. Also, I just want to send out thoughts and prayers to the family and friends of uh, Josephus Hudson, uh, also known as Question Mark on the NWA Power Show, uh, who passed away uh, this morning, um, left the young son behind. So thoughts and prayers out to all the family and friends of Josephus Hudson.
0: Yeah, I saw that news. It was very, very sad to see uh, another passing here on the World Pressure. I see thoughts and prayers going out to his family, friends, and obviously all of the fans. Uh, Trey, I thought C.W. Anderson retired I didn't know he was still going
1: He retired because the, the His uh, girlfriend at the time Wanted him to get out of wrestling uh, And when he left wrestling he realized He hated his life, so to speak um, and So um, Just knowing a few people around him they, Him and his, his partner had a nice long talk about it And he decided that uh, He needed wrestling and so he's coming back He was actually scheduled to be At Wrestling Con last year uh, but then when we had to postpone it, he retired like two months after the original wrestling con. After we had to postpone it, and then so we couldn't get him back for wrestling con three last year. But now that he's back, uh, I'm super excited to see him because actually, like we have a lot of—I've never met him in person—but uh, we have a lot of uh, mutual friends and acquaintances. I'm actually really looking forward to spending a little bit of time with him coming up this year at wrestling con.
0: So there you go. If you're in the area, go over to WrestleCon con and enjoy the show. Go help support Dr. Trey Franklin and everything that is. Rocket City Championship Wrestling. We will be back next week. We will give you preview and predictions for AEW Revolution and cover everything else in the world of professional wrestling. So until next week for Dr. Trey Franklin, I'm Jeff Peck. Stay safe. This is the So Real To Show.
1: Seven iconic housewives from four different cities. Look at this water. We're going to give them something to talk about. Vacation at Turks and Caicos. The party now. The Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. All episodes streaming now, only on Peacock. (laughs) Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Stay by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy phase, go to PeacockTV.com and get started.